Well, hello, listeners. Thanks for joining on another edition of One Digital Podcast. Um, I'm Eric Pomeroy. I'm a business development executive up in our Hartford, Connecticut office. And my primary responsibility is sitting down with prospective clients of One Digital, learning a little bit more about their organization, their benefits, needs, and seeing if it makes sense to uh, to find creative solutions or if One Digital has those creative solutions for employers. So I'm constantly in the marketplace and sitting down with a lot of different employers. And so I, I hear consistently through just the volume of employers that I, I, I sit down with a variety of different struggles that we're, they're facing. And one of the themes is around how uh, medical benefits can help attract and retain top talent. Obviously, we know right now from a macroeconomic perspective, the, the labor market is tight. Um, we're, we're at unprecedented lows in terms of um, the supply of, of the labor pool and good quality talent. So employers are constantly wrestling and dedicating a lot of resources to attracting and retaining their, their key talent. And benefits certainly plays a role in that. And I think one of the aspects that is, 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 is another challenge for, for many employers is the fact that, you know, in today's workforce, it looks a lot different than it did 30 years ago. We right now have five generations in the workforce. And if we go back 20 to 30 years, we didn't have five generations. Um, we had people retiring at an earlier time frame. And so we didn't have just the variety of the length of, uh, of employees sticking around in the workforce. And, and so these, this variety of, of, of generations in the workforce presents a lot of unique challenges for employers. They need to tailor their messaging, um, certainly. But they also have to be offering benefits that historically have not been offered. Stuff that the millennials and centennials want. And so we're going to spend a little bit of time talking about that today. A couple of things to, to keep in mind. We today have this interesting dynamic of a workforce. We have five generations in the workforce. If we look back to 1994, there were three generations in the workforce. Part of that is driven by the fact that we've got people working longer, sticking around in the workforce. And then we've got a huge plethora of centennials joining the, the workforce today. So it does create an interesting dynamic. Well, let's identify those five generations. We have the traditionalists born between 1928 and 1945. They're very dedicated and loyal. They're the smallest generation in the workforce and you probably don't have many of them. Baby boomers, 1946 to 1964. Team-oriented, they're very dedicated. They will represent the third largest percentage of the workforce. Then we have the Gen Xers, 1965 to 1980. They're the second largest percentage of the workforce. We label them as being very adaptable, independent, and creative. With the Millennials, 1980 to 1996, they are now the largest percentage of the workforce. Our Millennials are very optimistic. They multitask. They're very, very tech-savvy. And then lastly, we have the Centennials. Is anyone born after the year 1997? They are the second smallest percentage of the workforce. The oldest is only around 22. And these are folks that are entering the workforce, very tech savvy. They're native to social media. Um, and many of them, this is their first job. If you look back to 1978, in 1978, 60%, 60% of teenagers had a job. That could have been a summer job or a part-time job on the weekends or maybe a job, you know, after school bagging groceries. In 2016, 
Pew Research tells us that 35% of teenagers had a job. So I think some people will look at that negatively. Perhaps the older generations would say, hey, the younger, younger kids are lazy. Um, I don't know if it's laziness. I think it's perhaps a product of putting more value on education um, and parents um, supporting their children financially and knowing that they prefer or it's a better investment of their time to be dedicated to perhaps after school activities, whether it be sports or music programs, et cetera. So they have a better opportunity to get it in a good competitive school and then further their, their future career. Um, so I think it's a product of society changing a little bit. Um, so I don't necessarily look at that as a negative thing, but I, I think it's a really interesting ask or, or data point to look at because you're looking at um, when you're hiring these centennials and millennials, sometimes they, you know, out of school, that's perhaps one of their first jobs. So they're, certainly their, their first serious job and that they actually don't have tenure in the workforce uh, in their teenage and college years, whether it be, you know, landscaping or some sort of manual labor, stuff like that. So this may be the first time they're actually going to work and earning their own money. Here are a couple other stats from the Pew Research Center that we find to really say a lot about the different generations. So 22% of traditionalists identify as people of color compared to 43% of millennials. The workforce just looks different. We're looking at people from different perspectives and the younger generation is coming from different backgrounds and plenty of different cultures. And for the first time in 130 years, 130 years going back to when we had more of an agrarian type of society, Americans ages 18 to 34 are more likely to live with their parents than not. So let me just say that one more time. So for the first time in 130 years, Americans age 18 to 34 are more likely to live with their parents than not. So yes, plenty of millennials are sleeping in their parents' basement today. And again, I think that that does say something about um, the workforce that you employ. So let's dive in a little bit to, to the benefits. Um, and, and the discussion specific to the benefits when we're talking about today. Um, so Glassdoor had some, did some interesting studies they, where they asked employees to value the different benefits that they have in place at their respective employers. Healthcare insurance still ranks at the top. Um, and in this specific poll, 40% uh, of, of employees that were polled ranked healthcare insurance in the top five followed by vacation and paid time off at 37%, performance bonus at 35%, paid sick time at 32%, and then your 401k or any sort of retirement slash pension plan at 31%. So just interesting that uh, employees still um, certainly value the medical benefits as the most important benefit that they receive from their employer. So we just don't want to you know, take our eye off that. So why are we talking about all this? I think the important thing to mention or to understand is we now know that we know for certain that healthcare insurance is still the most important benefits, or at least that's what your employee, employees are telling us. Um, but there's this huge gap between the perceived value of your, benefit, your medical benefit programs and the actual value of your medical benefit programs. Oftentimes, especially perhaps your older generations, your boomers and your traditionalists, they're used to your traditional copay plans, rich benefit programs, very little if any premium cost share to the employee. Um, they're used to their employer funding almost all of their medical insurance costs and, and 
and nothing out of pocket. And that's just not the way of the world any longer. But that being said, um, anytime you take benefits away or employees are left with contributing towards the cost of their benefits, they see that as a, a they can see that as a significant takeaway, but it's, it's important for employees to understand what their peer organizations are doing from a benefits offering and then relay that information to your employees so that they understand that that it's commonplace um, out there today uh, to, to have high deductibles or high copays or large cost share, premium cost shares between employee and employer. So there's a number of different ways that you can help close that perception gap that employers can do that creatively. It all depends on your specific culture. But I will say that there are four main themes I think that we're seeing come out of changes or, or really be changes in, uh, in healthcare insurance offerings, and those are telemedicine, pricing transparency tools, concierge medicine, and on-site clinics. And really, I think the call to action here for, for HR is to make sure that they're highlighting some of the, the aspects of their plan or some of the new themes in the marketplace um, to their employees, and they're communicating them in fact, effectively. It's almost like a PR campaign for HR. Um, so the, the first, I, uh, topic that we've identified is, is, is telemedicine. So telemedicine programs are now ubiquitous. They are baked into nearly every fully insured health insurance plan that's out there. And oftentimes they are included for employers that offer a self-funded plan. So what is the heck is telemedicine? So for those of you who are not familiar with it, telemedicine is any program where employees can access some form of health care, either telephonically, through a traditional telephone or some form of um, Skype or video conferencing, where they can speak with a nurse practitioner or a MD and um, consult with them about whatever ailments they or their covered dependents um, are, are experiencing. And oftentimes, depending on the telemedicine vendor, a prescription can be written. So for instance, you wake up at 2 a.m., little Tommy has pink eye, unfortunately, and you perhaps probably know already just by looking at his eye what's going on, but instead of rushing to the urgent care clinic and wait in line for 20 minutes, you can call into your telemedicine provider. Um, they can diagnose you over the phone and you can get a prescription filled um, and it will be sent to a local pharmacy. So huge benefit to have in your plan. And I think, again, most plans have these in place, but are they being communicated effectively to employees? Probably not. I think this is really important, especially for your younger generation, who is much more apt to um, adopt this type of way to access care. Traditionalists, millennials, they may be a little bit more hesitant. They probably put more value on the relationship they have with their PCP. Um, but again, this is certainly a, a convenient and easy and low, very, very low cost way to access care. I would advise you also after a certain period of time, after communicating this benefit, to track the utilization amongst your, uh, your members on your plan. All right, next topic. We're seeing a higher or an increased prevalence of on-site clinics or what we call near-site clinics. So this is a scenario um, traditionally where say a large employer, I've got 1,500 employees, I'm a manufacturer and I'm, I've got 90% of my employees at one location. Well, instead of having my employees go out into the community to access care, I bring care to them. When I say care, I mean most likely primary care and then certain specialty care 
um, services, perhaps dependent on your healthcare claims utilization, whatever your employees need, kind of tells you what you should be offering your employees. Where these employers will contract with a company usually to provide some form of onsite care. So uh, whether it be a mobile clinic shows up once a week um, with a nurse practitioner, a team of nurses and or MDs, or uh, someone that's there permanently on staff to provide these services on an ongoing basis for your employees. So they can be set up in a variety of different structures. Now, um, we have employers out there that, hey, yes, they're, they're not large enough to finance their own on-site clinic, but what they'll do is they'll partner with local employers to make it a little bit more cost-effective and spread the cost. So they can't necessarily do it on-site, or perhaps they do it on-site, um, but only for a limited time each week. Um, or they'll do it near site where they're finding a location that's between, you know, five local employers. So a variety of different ways I can do it. I think really millennials and centennials in particular value the convenience of having an on-site or near site clinic. So I would encourage you to look into these types of programs as both a cost control measure, but also a way to provide a better benefit for employees. Um, the next item, uh, we've identified as pricing transparency tools. So let's be honest, HSAs were, were introduced to the marketplace almost two decades ago now. The thought was, is, let's put a high deductible burden on employees and let them navigate the system. They'll push healthcare costs down by being better consumers of healthcare. What we've learned from that is the healthcare system is a pain in the you know what to navigate. Um, it's really quite difficult. And But in response to that, a lot of the insurance carriers now will offer pricing transparency tools. So what does that look like? So that allows you to go online with the insurance company, find the right provider in your area based on certain metrics, but also estimate costs before you go. Because I'll tell you what, if you're getting in some imaging done, for instance, the hospital price may be drastically different than a standalone clinic. And you want to empower your employees to be making those intelligent healthcare decisions and they can't do that without these types of tools. Very important. Baby boomers and certainly traditionalists may be hesitant to go online by default before they're looking to access care. They're the ones that are accessing the most care. And they can really get a lot of value out of understanding how to access these pricing transparency tools that are available through your insurance carrier or third-party administrator. And then the last item that we've identified here is, is this notion of what we call concierge medicine. And concierge medicine can really be summed up to be defined as any service provided to your employees and dependents of your employees that helps them navigate the healthcare system. So this goes beyond just pricing transparency tools. And usually it means you're going to have a healthcare advocate that you can call IM, and there are a bunch of different vendors that do this. So call, instant message, or even video Skype with that will better understand what you're going through, what your healthcare needs are, and then line you up even do scheduling, even provide second opinion services um, with local providers. And so how do these four different themes that we're seeing in the marketplace, these four trends relate back to the various generations that we discussed earlier in this podcast? So I think when we talk about pricing transparency tools and concierge services, your generation X and your baby boomers are gonna be the highest utilizers of healthcare dollars. They're older, they utilize more healthcare. As such, pricing transparency tools and concierge medicine are going to help drive down the cost. So it's going to have the biggest impact when we connect these tools with your Xers and baby boomers. For instance, if someone needs to go access 
care for a hip surgery, pricing transparency tools allow them from the, usually with the insurance carrier, allow them to understand what providers are in my area, what would be the estimated cost given my specific plan design, and what are the ratings that these specific providers have. Concierge medicine, usually that's gonna allow me access to, as a, as a member, someone that's gonna help navigate the system. They're gonna provide that logistics. They're also gonna provide another level of opinion and rating system for the specific providers that's different from the specific insurance carrier that you're working with. So I think you're gonna have the biggest impact when using pricing transparency and concierge services and even on-site clinics with your Generation X and baby boomers when it comes to a cost perspective, but they're most likely gonna be less likely to adopt these changes. It's the millennials and the centennials that will probably jump right on board. But one specific thing, if you think about telemedicine services, while the millennials and, and centennials are gonna jump right on board with telemedicine, they're gonna forget that that service is available to them if it's not being constantly communicated. Remember, this is the, these are the generations where they probably have a three or four second attention span. They need to be constantly reminded that telemedicine is available to them. And at the very least, during open enrollment, require your employees to download the telemedicine app, register early so that they know at four in the morning they can, they can access that, that type of care. One thing to consider when we think about on-site clinics in your various generations, your Generation Xers or the older Generation Xers and certainly your baby boomers, they probably at this point in their lives have a long-standing relationship with their primary care provider. They trust that person. That, per that person has provided them medical guidance for a number of years. Those employers that offer on-site clinics, you need to be careful about how you communicate that with employees. It's not necessarily the, the, the providers or the APRNs or whatever type of medical providers you, you provide them access to on-site or near-site. They are not there to replace your employee's PCP. They are there to augment your employee's PCP. So that needs to be, because otherwise, if, if, if it's communicated that they're going to replace the PCP, then most likely a lot of your baby boomers and Gen Xers will shut down. Now, the millennials and centennials, they'll probably access it no problem. They probably don't have a relationship with the PCP. They don't have a trusted advisor. So be mindful, certainly, as you communicate those, those types of resources to employees. But also know that from a cost-saving perspective, your, your bang for your dollar is going to be with getting your Gen Xers and your baby boomers engaged with on-site or near-site clinic. But before you start any of that, consider implementing any of these four medical benefit trends into your benefits programs, all with an eye towards closing your per the perception gap, right? The gap between the perceived value of the program by your employees and the actual value in terms of the dollar spent that the employer invests in the programs. All the night towards closing the perception gap, you need, before you implement any of these programs, you need to do a survey. You have to survey your employees and understand what they value. Propose some of these intended changes and get some feedback. There may be things, specific things within your organization, your employees, your culture, your geography, um, your industry, whatever it may be that you're not thinking of, but your employees are more than happy to provide that feedback. And and inviting them into the decision-making process via a survey, and there's tons of different apps out there, SurveyMonkey, et cetera, inviting them into the decision-making process so they can inform the strategy moving forward. When someone is invited in, it's human nature, they will be much more engaged when you actually implement the changes moving forward. Are you gonna have naysayers? Always. But um, invite them in, start with the survey, understand the feedback, and then develop your strategy from there. 
So to learn more about the importance of medical benefits, as well as, you know, other trends that are influencing multi-generational workforces, please feel free to reach out to your One Digital representative or go to onedigital.com or check out our pretty cool Fresh Thinking blog. Um, our One Digital HR benefits and compliance teams, they're consistently looking around the corner on behalf of our customers to offer insights and, and learnings to keep up with this rapidly changing workplace environment. So thanks for tuning in today and please be on the lookout for future One Digital podcasts.